0: Fair enough. (laughs) I don't even have anything (laughs) witty to say.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, there's 64 epic cores on my table, and I'm happy to see you. Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 196, and it is so great to be back. Your once weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm Rhett. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, sometimes some Star Trek. We read all Super Chats on the air so long as they don't demonetize my channel in any way, shape, or form, and you ask nicely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we do drink alcohol on the show, and if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we'll give some early show shout outs as we go along. And speaking of the chat, if you want to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon or float plane. Links are both down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads and get behind the scenes content that no one else does. Welcome to the um, show, everyone.
0: Welcome to the show, Jeff. Rhett. Welcome back. Thank you. It's, it's good to be back. The uh, Captain's chair is a little uncomfortable. <laughs> a
1: little You'll grow, un- into, uncomfortable it. You'll grow into it. You'll grow into it. I didn't notice during the sponsor spot, you called it your channel. Heck yeah, I did. <laughs> all, all the tutorials on my channel and then you kind of hesitated and then just kind of kept going, like maybe no oh. one noticed. <laughs>
0: oh, no, no, that was pre-planned, pre-planned. In fact, I totally meant to. I, I botched it, but um, when I was doing the intro, didn't really matter because nobody could hear it very well anyway. Unless you're watching the uh, the the restream, but yeah, um, I, I was going to go out of my way to be like, "Oh, you could join the Patreon and talk with me and Jeff and the other hosts from talking." You know, like
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch the outro. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think I did it in the
1: outro. So I took
0: I took control of it and I said, maybe maybe even Jeff will be there. Who knows? does a DQ blizzard
1: count as a drink in about 30 minutes? It will
0: <laughs> got 30 minutes. <laughs> what do you got that real cold air conditioning?
1: Yeah. Uh, Alan, $5 Canadian. Thank you so much, Alan. Welcome back, Jeff. We missed you. I tried to get on your discord, but it kept messing up. So I, unpatreoned. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, uh, we do have, uh, gosh, I, You know what? Uh, If you you Patreon on, uh, you can DM me directly uh, through Patreon, or if you jump onto Floatplane, you can also get on through Floatplane. Um, So, if you'd still like to join, uh, we'd be more than happy to have you. Oh, let's see. Uh, World Peas having some agua. Some some Mexican water, it looks like. Uh, Let's see.
0: Straight Anybody else? From Mexico.
1: <laughs> anyone else having issues with reddit you know i actually tried to uh get on reddit to see if i could find some last minute news stories and it wasn't loading a couple of my subreddits so i'm not sure if reddit's having issues or not uh and i'm wearing my reddit shirt tonight so maybe i'm part of it what is reddit i've never heard of that <laughs> <laughs> uh don't do that right and the oscar don't, goes to don't don't bring the trolls <laughs> yeah Anywho, uh, did DM you directly? Well, I was on vacation last week. I, I will check my DMs. I apologize for that. Uh, let's see, magic sipping some Adroit Theory, Death of Civilization. That sounds delicious. I think I have one of those in my fridge right now. Uh, Rhett, what are you drinking tonight? Jeff, since since you pre-poured, I did
0: pre-pour, Jeff. As you as you well already know, uh, I did pour myself a glass of red wine, and it is it's a it's a cheap glass. Um I'm unashamed, but it's uh it's Black's Station 2018 YOLO County Red Blend. And um it's delicious. It's nice. a red blend of uh a, a Syrah and a Verdot, uh grown in Yolo County, which I think is like Na- you know, where Napa is. Yeah. Um, or near Napa rather. Napa-ish yeah and uh no it's delicious i've got it in this cool fancy uh mason which way am i going here (laughs) mason jar wine glass that's a
1: fantastic glass i love that
0: yeah yeah it was a gift (laughs) um uh, for our wedding and so we drank all of our
1: drinks on
0: during my wedding out of this glass
1: nice uh you know Uh, I had a beer earlier this week from a brewery that I had never heard of before, uh, fairly local to us, McMinnville, uh, from Forland Beer. Uh, I had their, what was it, the Black Volcano or something like that? Uh, it was, it was just a a black lager. It, It wasn't 5%, nothing special. Holy crap, that was one of the best black lagers I've ever had, um... And and I think I said in the review, you could have told me it was an imperial stout, and I probably would have believed you. Like it, it had body and flavor yeah. and coffee, and oh, it was it was delicious. Uh, well, I fa- happened to find another one uh, from Forland in the store today, uh, so I I had to pick it up. Uh, mm-hmm. This is their Landform Pilsner, uh, and normally I wouldn't spend. You know, good money on a Pilsner, yep. but uh, the last one impressed me so much that I figured I'd pick it up. German style Pilsner, four point nine percent. Appearance is bright, effulgent, and straw, uh, and the character is desiccate, herbal, and botanic. So, those are words I have never heard describe a Pilsner before. I know. So, let's I know. see how. Let's see how she do. Looks good you know it's got some color to it
0: yeah and uh and that's out there from mcminnville you said yeah mcminnville yeah For, been, Forland beer i've been drinking uh drinking <laughs> i've been working out there so much i've been visiting all the the breweries mm-hmm. um it's been a, a great little distraction on my lunch breaks
1: you having lunch out there at the uh at the airspace museum
0: god dude that's a cool spot out there
1: that is a cool spot
0: Nah, my, my favorite lunch spot it's uh it's the granary uh the oh Graham yeah station yeah. god I love that place Good food good beer mm-hmm. uh are they're, they're a, a brew pub that that makes some pretty pretty good stuff so
1: yeah pretty fantastic bar food
0: yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. like it's just solid brewery food like, yes
1: um I know what I'm getting i I, I want this this gut bomb to fall oh yeah yeah oh yeah that's what it is. Uh John Porter tonight. Yeah, the it's a little little high carbonation in that one. And that head is not going anywhere. Like <laughs> it's still poking out the top of the glass. So, I so think I'm just going to have to drink this one down. When I when I was uh, putting
0: together that beer review, I um God, I just love dark lagers for that very reason. Like mm-hmm. you can pack so much character into them. You can pack so much
1: just just variety. Like Holy. a dark lager encompasses so much. <laughs> Uh, Skull just posted this. Uh, Thank you, Skull, for looking this up. Landform Pills uh, from Forland Beer, 3.9 on Untapped. And as he said, 3.9 might be the highest rated Pilsner I've ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I've never rated a Pilsner 3.9. You're lucky if you can cross 3.25 in my book. Just because there's typically not a lot of flavor in a Pilsner. There's nothing to rate it on unless you're German, and then it's like, oh, yes, crisp, clean, smooth, three ingredients. But see, that's
0: the beauty, right? You're saying there's nothing to rate it on, but you rate it for what it is, right? Like, you shouldn't but it's, be... But like, it's like
1: rating vodka. I didn't taste something wrong with it, so it's a good vodka. <laughs> like, that's what rating a Pilsner is, honestly.
0: Uh, so see, because there should be... That, that's one thing that always gets me about Untapped is that there's a lot of ratings that are skewed based on just sheer preference, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, and the type of person that uses untapped is going to skew their ratings th- that way. Sometimes not everybody, but a lot of the, lot of folks do. Um, and there's never like a, Oh, this beer is exactly what it's meant to be. You know, it's exactly yep. what it was trying to be. And Maybe it's just bad, but you know, there's there should be some points in there for like, hey, this was a beer that they were trying to make this way totally on purpose.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, Steve and I have talked about this a couple of times where we rate very intentionally towards what were they trying to do. Uh, because if your description is accurate, uh, then I'll then I'll base on the flavor of it and how well you did it. But first and foremost, your description has to be what's inside the can um this one's definitely bright uh it's definitely a little botanical it's it's much more it's much more earthy herbaly mm. than like it's almost gin like this is almost gin and tonic like um like like that level of it, it's got something there it's it's kind of hard to explain because these are flavors I'm not used to getting quite this bold but i will say it's quite good
0: it looks this like a good beer. quite a good pilsner well we got 86 watching we could jump into some news
1: yep i think it's about that time uh starting with uh i've been getting started on the 3d printing game uh i've been oh, having yeah. a lot of fun in what little downtime that i have uh Starting to work on a couple models of my own. I've got a couple of things that are in the pipeline, both for the channel and just personally uh, that I've been wanting to build for quite some time. Uh, one of them is something that you guys have been asking for for since I posted it like nine months ago. Uh, and that is, where is the Xbox One S PC mod? And I got to a point with that one where I went, I need to do this. I want to do this mod correctly. I want it to look factory when it's done. And so I'm going to print my own backplate to, to make it all work. Uh, be, otherwise, I'd be having to hack up the PCI bracket for the video card and do a whole bunch of weird things to it. And it's just like, I'm, I'm fairly good with hand tools. I did the entire Dishonored case mod with nothing but hand files and a Dremel uh, and a hot glue gun and some rub and buff. Like, I'm pretty good with, with hand tools. Uh, but uh, I wanted this one to look factory. And, uh, so that's one of the things I'm working on. I've got a couple other things. Uh, someone asked what 3d printer I picked up. I've got a Prusa Mark 3S, uh, Mark 3S plus, um, absolutely love it. It has been fantastic. Uh, very few problems with it. Only had to clean one spaghetti monster and it was half my fault. So <laughs> I'll, I'll say 95% my fault. <laughs> um, I, I, put supports on everything except one piece. And the one piece was the one that really needed supports. And that's the one that broke about a third of the way through and ruined an 11 and a half hour print.
0: That'll never happen again.
1: Nope. Nope. <laughs> got, got that short up now. <laughs> Some
0: mistakes only need to be made once.
1: Jeff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, as I said, I've been getting into 3d printing a lot more. Uh, it, Engineering has always been something that I really enjoyed, and CNC-type work has been always something that I enjoyed. But this one caught my eye today. And I think this would have caught my eye whether or not I was getting into 3D printing recently or not. And that is that uh, RepRap, uh, the 3D printer company, has developed a script for printed beams out of PLA that are as strong as steel that are as strong as the equivalent uh, uh, assembly in Steel is. Uh, has the same rigidity and the same overall strength. Now, I'm sure uh, like tensile strength is probably there, rigidity is probably there. Maybe not impact strength, but that might be up for debate. But the point is they're essentially building scaffolding out of PLA 3D printed parts that are as strong as steel as their steel counterparts. And what's better, this script is open source. Uh, it's, it's a Python script that you enter the dimensions of the beam that you want and it will generate a beam of whatever length and whatever dimensions that you need. Uh, this was all done Uh, really to to test out the capabilities of some of the new conveyor belt 3D printers, the the endless Z-axis 3D printers. Um, Because one of the first tests you want to do is, well, if I have an infinite Z-axis, how long can I print something? And so they went about building a script to generate beams that were much, much longer than a traditional print bed. And they said, well, why don't we just leave it, uh, you know, make the print go as far as it can so let's generate a script to do that and beams are a pretty popular choice to print because they look cool and and might serve some function and they ended up coming up with a formula that essentially matches steel
0: (laughs) yeah see and that's what's kind of interesting is that like you know my geometry teacher always told me in high school that uh you know a, a good background in, in geometry and things like that would, would serve you well in engineering if you ever mm-hmm. wanted to, because that's all of that this is, is like, you know, it, yeah. I mean, it's engineering fl- plain and simple, but it's, it's yeah. the geometry of it because it's the shape of it. That's giving it all of its strength. And, you know, a lot of people know naturally that like triangles add a lot of strength to a structure, which is mm-hmm. why you see triangles and bridges and buildings, or if you're lashing something, you might add triangles. Well, what's even stronger than that is whatever the shape is that they used in this. <laughs> um, I think I read earlier, I don't have it in front of me, but it was like a tetrahedron. Uh, yeah. And anyway, the tetrahedron is immensely strong. And so yeah. inside of that shape that you see, they also have cross beams and things like that. Yeah,
1: uh, it's land extra strength. Essentially what they're attempting to do is build something that's very similar to like a crane setup. Um, and uh, uh, if you look up and you see, you know, the cranes that are building skyscrapers, they're all done out of tetrahedrons and triangles and things like that. They're typically cable supported where they have a cable on each end and that cable is holding the whole thing in tension towards the center. So it's not a load that's trying to bend out. It's a load that's trying to push in. And and that's essentially what gives those the ability to lift beams that are twice the weight of the skyscraper of the uh, of the crane itself and uh, and do it safely and and stably. Uh, They've applied that to a 3D printing algorithm uh, that you can print whatever size beams that you want for whatever project you might have. It's pretty cool. Very cool. And it's free, baby. Mm hmm. Free is always the best number. Yeah, it's just a Python script, and you can download it yourself. And uh, you can even use—you don't have to have a an infinite Z-axis uh, printer to do this. You can generate the the G-code with the script and then print it on a printer, so long as you fit within the confines of its print bed. And so you can print something like this on an eight by ten build uh, build volume, like the Prusa is, or yeah. uh, Creality Three, or you know, Ender, or whatever whatever you happen to have. So, I
0: mean, and and that's really the beauty of 3d printing to begin with is that it just, it democratizes so much stuff like this because, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe somebody doesn't have the background or the, or the understanding to build something like this, but then somebody comes up with this and they say, Hey, this, you know, this design is is yours for free because the glory of 3d printing is that you can literally make anything as long as you have the input for it. You know what I mean? Like if you have the input to feed to the machine and say, Hey, build this it's going to build that um it doesn't necessarily take an engineering background or anything like that
1: right yeah i'm, I'm trying to get back into cad for the first time in like 15 years <laughs> and so uh not much has changed but at the same time everything's changed and yeah. so uh so the, the tool set is familiar but also vastly different and everything works a little differently now because the last time i had to do anything cad related was 2006 2007 maybe uh it's been a while uh but uh yeah getting back into it and been having fun with it sweet uh in news that i am starkly interested in and came as a little bit of a surprise to me uh unity has made their largest acquisition to date which is actually one of the more surprising things of this story Uh, was that at $370 million, this is one of the, or $320 million, this is one of the biggest things that Unity has ever, or the biggest thing that Unity has ever bought, considering the size of Unity and and some of the acquisitions they've made in the past. Uh, Unity has acquired Parsec. Uh, So you all know my favorite remote desktop gaming client. Uh, It is now owned by Unity, uh, the game engine developer uh it was purchased for a paltry sum of 320 million dollars and uh basically the incentive for unity to do this has come as a result of 2020 uh has come as a result of the work from home uh initiative uh from a lot of a lot of different industries but Uh, programming, game development, CAD work, things like that, where maybe all you have at home is an iPad or a Chromebook or, you know, some old family computer because the average person doesn't have a desktop anymore. You have gaming PCs and then you have like workstation PCs if you work out of your house. The average person might have a smartphone or might might have a laptop. Like there's not a huge call for full-on desktop PCs anymore. Uh, And the market kind of shows that. Uh, So when all of a sudden everyone was forced to work from home and you had CAD workstation, you know, developers needing to run AutoCAD 2020 from their, you know, Surface 2 or something like that, uh, it was a bit of a snag. And Parsec was able to, bridge the gap from their home PC or home device, whatever it was, and connect them latency-free and near real-time uh, to their workstation PC and use the software that was installed there, get access to the network that was present there instead of having to VPN to everything. Uh, it's basically what Citrix always wanted to be, but without the headache of Citrix. And uh, it, like I said, it's been my favorite game client for the last couple of years. And I'm going to watch this one with great interest because I want Parsec to remain free. I'd like some more features to come out. Uh, I don't want this to just go behind a paywall and, yeah. and and you know that now they have a paywall. They have a a a work program. They have Parsec Warp, and that gets you more uncompressed images and and faster frame rates and everything else. But as a game client, you can still do 4K six or 4K 60 which is how you edit my videos. Yeah, it
0: works great. Yeah, luckily they did tweet, Parsec did, saying um, they have no plans to change anything about the free uh, Parsec experience. So yeah, uh, hopefully they follow through on that and it's not a big deal. So,
1: Well, a lot of companies have said as such. So, yeah, I'm still going to watch with Gary, Gary and that's interest. true.
0: And you know unfortunately, the truth is is like as much as I like unity, like they have had issues like within the last three years, you know um you know even e- even one of the big ones today that I was reading about is is changing the terms of service for mm-hmm. um, uh, for developing for consoles and things like that and i'm not sure yeah. exactly how much it's going to change or what it's going to change I, and and some people said some of the things i was reading was disingenuous and i didn't dive too much into it however you know that's one thing and then and then you look at the whole um i don't know there's there's a lot more from the last few years but who knows we'll see only time will tell and it's definitely an interesting um purchase and um uh, I think you're right that it's definitely based on that work from home aspect mm-hmm. and uh, who knows, we'll probably see it integrated more and more and more into development work and things like that.
1: Yeah. Figures, because I finally reached out to Parsec and made an introduction this last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey guys, you know, I've done like nine videos with you guys on my channel, I figure we should know each other.
0: Can't hurt. Well, who knows? It's yep. not like, you know. It's not like they're getting tossed out with the bathwater. So we'll see.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So we'll see what happens with it. Uh, I'm I'm anxious, but also uh, a little excited because a little bit more capital, a little bit more, more development time behind it. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I have a couple of things that I want to see out of Parsec. One of them is land only internal authentication system, whether that's a paid service or whether that's a, a, a license that you buy, that's what I want to see because again, my end goal for like my cloud gaming server is a land server in a box. It is a box that relies on nothing externally. So I bring a box and a switch and twenty Raspberry Pis and we've got twenty people gaming. Like that's what I want. And and no traffic has to leave the box. <laughs> I know. Beautiful. I'm thinking. I'm thinking off the grid in a <laughs> globally connected gaming environment. But that's what I want. That's what I want. Cough, cough, Somebody's got to think it before it comes yeah. true. Cough, cough, Oculus. Uh, yeah, Fitbit said they didn't intend on changing anything when they acquired Pebble. So, if we want to get into those semantics, uh, I don't have time for a. Pebble Steel rant today. <laughs> well, I do, but I'm not I'm not going to. In other news, uh, we had to do a little bit of digging, but uh, we do have some Apple news to get into today. And that is that the Mac Mini is getting its first redesign in over a decade. That's right. The current Mac Mini, the shell that we all, well, you might know it. You might love it. I know it and love it. I own a Mac Mini. I own, I've owned quite a few of them. Uh, is finally getting a facelift. Uh, It's been in the same aluminum enclosure since, I wanna say 2009? No, it was 2010. It's 2010, 2010, so 11 years, it's finally getting a facelift. Uh, And as the most recent model, some much needed port expansion. Uh, So (laughs) this is kind of a mock-up of the expansion that it might look like, or no, this is the, this is the current, right? Gosh, I don't even know anymore. Uh, I think the current model only has two USB-Cs and two USB-As. Like, it's it's not great by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I want to say pictured here is the Intel iMac, which did have four USB-Cs, uh, or Intel Mac Mini. Um, but the M1 only has two USB-Cs. Right. Anyway, uh, the new design is taking... Obviously, some cues from the new iMac, in which the power plug is being replaced for the same MagSafe power connector that's on the iMac, which I have to say, in the form factor of the Mac Mini, I'm not really a big fan of. I like just the the power supply integral. I don't want a power brick on a Mac Mini. Desk space is everything, and the reason I buy a Mac Mini is because I want a lot more desk space, and I don't want a power brick because you wanted to make my Mac mini, you know, a half inch smaller in in, in all three dimensions. Like right. Put the power supply inside the Mac mini. So I'm already a little upset by that. What I will say is it does appear that the Mac mini is getting some new ports. It's gonna have four USB type C. Uh, supposedly all four of those may be Thunderbolt 4, although we have no ideas on the internals at, at this point yet. Um, Rumors also suggest an increase from 16 gigabytes of RAM to either 32 or 64 depending on which next generation Apple chip it gets, whether it's the M1X or the M2, uh, both of which are speculative names at this point, but knowing Apple, M1X, M2, not a, not a hard leap to make. Uh, one thing I do like that I'm seeing here is there's still a full-size Ethernet on here. They're not pushing the Ethernet out to the power brick like they do on the iMac, because it's amazing what happens when you make a computer that's thick enough that it can still take a headphone jack and an ethernet jack. You can still actually use the computer. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully it can run more than two screens. Um, You know, there was a time that I definitely would have said that. Um, uh, I've rolled out some offices with, with Mac minis before, and... Uh, we had to run out a couple with Mac Minis and uh, uh, external graphics ports uh, with like RX 580s on it so we could drive multiple monitors uh, depending on what the office was. Uh, so I've, I've certainly done that and I've dealt with the two monitor limitation. Uh, right now, my Mac Mini is over on my desk and that's, that's my 3D printing desk. Uh, I have a Mac Mini serving as the, the CAD station and, and everything else. I have a 28-inch 4K monitor on that thing, and it is lovely. <laughs> and honestly, for that kind of work, I don't I don't need another monitor. It's not a, it's not that's a one-stop shop productivity station. I'm not browsing Reddit and having Spotify open plus 3D modeling and a dedicated window for Discord. I've got a desktop for that. So, in my use case, it's a secondary desktop, which is I know a weird luxury to have, but. <laughs> All sealed with glue and no serviceable components. Not if the FTC uh, has anything to say about it.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. Turn in a corner.
1: Right to repair is a thing, and that thing is coming. A Little bit closer every day. Uh, There's no need to when everything is soldered on and no fan. Uh, The Mac Mini does have a fan, and I will say it's a good thing that it has a fan. Uh, because, like we've seen in the iMac, the base model iMac, it will thermal throttle if you don't have enough airflow going through it, like we see in the MacBook Air. It will thermal throttle if you don't have enough airflow going through it. Um, I have two M1 Macs right now. I, I bought a MacBook Pro 13-inch uh, and love that. Uh, and then I I liked that so much that I bought the Mac Mini to work as a CAD station. Uh, the the Prusa Slicer software has native ARM64, Uh, application for it so it works perfectly uh, and it's one less thing that I have to run on my main editing workstation Uh, I mean my editing workstation would have worked just fine for it but the way I work is I always like to separate my brain so I don't get distracted working on one thing when I'm supposed to be working on another thing and so having a dedicated this is my CAD station keeps that separation in my brain for me again it's a weird problem to have (laughs)
0: But super chat from Cren 6977 $2. Good day.
1: I'm assuming those are Aussie Bucks. Good day, sir.
0: Cheers to you. Or,
1: or madam. I I'm I'm sorry to assume. <laughs> but cheers.
0: Gotta pour a little little extra over here.
1: I have to say. If I was rating this beer on untapped right now, this is the the Foreland... Uh, gosh, what was this? The Landform Pills. This is a 4.0. It's a 4.0. Uh, maybe I might... I hesitate with a 4.25, but I think that's a little bit of my bias against Pilsners poking in too. I mean, like yeah, you said... See,
0: I think my speech got to him, guys.
1: It, it might have, but but hear me out. But hear me out, okay? Because... While this is one of the most excellent pilsners that I've ever had, it's excellent. There are beers that are far better than it. Regardless Absolutely. of classification. And, and and so that's what I've always said with uh, like people rating, you know, dragon's milk four point five. There are better versions of dragon's milk. Like it's not even the best in its own product stack.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if I rate something 4.5, does that mean the next beer is a 5.0? No, Dragon's Milk is a terrific 3.75 or 4.0. I think I've got it as a 4.0. Because the Dragon's Milk Chai Reserve that I had a couple years ago, that was a 4.75. And and there was no question about that. So I'm rating this a 4. And that's because I think this is the top that you can get with a Pilsner. It's, It's just the top of what a Pilsner can be. There are better beers out there. But this is among the most flavorful. There you go. As far as that as far as this classification goes. So I'm meeting you in the middle. Yeah. Pilsners and loggers, I grade on a curve.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a curve everywhere. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, what is the best beer? It's pretty subjective. That's why every beer has a different rating by every user on Untapped, you know? Yep. Um. Yeah. I, I, um, that's, and that's kind of like the whole dilemma, you know, with, with art in general. And I don't know, is beer art? I'm going to make the case. Like there is artistry that goes into it. There's a lot of like trial and error and creativity and all of these types of things, but art can generally be intended to be or mean one thing. And then the audience interprets it in a way which was not foreseen or intended, but, is the audience interpretation incorrect? <laughs> Absolutely not.
1: Uh, terrific. I love you, man. Uh, five five Kiwi dollars my way. I'm on hold with HP support, so take my cash and have a shot on me. Uh, you know what? As soon as I'm done with this, I think I'm just in solidarity with you because I have spent literal days of my life on hold with HP support. Um, I'm going to pour myself a little snifter of scotch just for you. I'm not even going to ice it.
0: Maybe you should call HP support and we can do it live on the show.
1: Mm. <laughs> you know what? Oh, no, I don't. I don't think I have a scotch glass down here. I don't have a Glencairn. Oh, no.
0: Well, you got a drinking horn.
1: I, I have a horn. I'm not pouring a horn of scotch, though.
0: <laughs> Why not? It just seems weird. Here, <laughs> just just take my scotch glass. I'll pass it it through there.
1: I I don't think it works that way. I mean, my edit with the transporter effect was pretty darn good in the Wendell video. (laughs) But but that was just special effects, Red. I'm not actually that that clever. No. Come on. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, $5 donation. Thank you so much, Mike. Do you think when Zen 4 Sapphire Rapid servers begin to ship with DDR5, we will see massive dumps from early Skylake servers, or will that take some time? Um, I think that's still going to take some time. Uh, server rollout is never, never happens on the timeline that we consumers think it will because. the the decision to buy, service, maintain, and replace servers is made years in advance. Uh, when When you buy a server farm or hell, even if you buy a server rack, you buy that rack based on the total cost of ownership, which means I know the initial purchase price, I know what my power bill is going to be, I know what upgrades I may have to make in the future because I'm putting those off for right now or we're gonna grow into it or whatever else, whether it be storage or speed or graphics or AI or whatever. We we have a budget for, for upgrades as we go along and we are going to run this server for X years. And that is all based into the TCO when you, when you purchase that rack. And every company has a different replacement cycle that they go on. Some server farms, they go, you know what? Uh, Like, there are still X58 systems. There are still, you know, C602 systems, like Dell R710s, coming out of production. 2010? (laughs) Like, now, there's not a lot, but there are some people that are starting to dump, like, early-generation 2011, late-generation 1366-style servers. Um, There are still Opteron 6,000 servers in production. Not a lot, but there's some, because they bought the servers and they said, we're going to run them for eight years. So when the market as a whole decides to dump, it's when the supply exceeds demand that prices fall. And right now, there's demand for Skylake CPUs because a large chunk of them are still in production. When all of a sudden the market gets flooded because, let's say, three massive data centers somewhere in North America decide we're going to upgrade, you know, two wings of our of our thing at once, uh, all of a sudden there's you know 20,000 CPUs to be had. The market goes down. It's just supply and demand, but it's not a supply and demand that we as consumers can predict because it's on corporate timeline years in advance. Hope that makes sense. Um, For, for hunting use server gear, you just have to keep an ear to the ground. Uh, and sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you, you see trends before they, they emerge and, uh, and you start, start snagging things. So, uh, who would have thought the DDR3 prices would have shot back up? Like, like a year ago, year and a half ago maybe, DDR3, you could almost get 128 gigs for 100 bucks on eBay. Like it was 120, I think, for for 128 gigs. Now that same kit's going for like 190, 220, somewhere right in that range. Uh, DDR4 prices on the used market nearly doubled. Um, I have a connection that I can buy DDR4 uh, from, I'm just gonna say a supplier. Uh, not a new supplier, but I have, a, I have a source and, uh, let's see, this is going to sound sick, but, uh, last year when I built my 32 core Epic system, uh, I needed a lot of DDR4 memory and I reached out and I said, how much to get 128? I know this is going to break the bank on me. And he reached out and said, uh, you can get 128 for this price, or you can get 256 for 430. Four hundred and thirty dollars for two hundred fifty-six gig a DDR four ECC registered, and at the pri- at the time that was like thousand dollars new. Now today it's even more new for that amount of memory, and this year my price almost doubled uh, on the used market. It, it went up from four thirty to I think I think my last batch of memory was almost eight hundred dollars that I had to buy. Um. So yeah, used server gear is a weird, weird market. Hope that answered the question. Uh, zero Uh 50 of, what is that?
0: I think that's um, Philippine Pesos.
1: Yes, Philippine Peso. You are correct. Uh, yeah. Uh, have we ever tried any Asian beers? Uh, I have. Uh, you've actually spent time in Japan drinking beers.
0: Yep. I did. Yeah. I drank every beer in Japan I could get my hands on. And let me tell you the Sapporo that they have on store shelves in Japan is far better than the Sapporo like premium that they have in the United States. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also visited the, um, what is it? The, uh, Asahi, uh, brewery Mm -hmm. in Tokyo. I think it's Asahi because it's, um, the one that looks like a big poop up in the air. (laughs) If anybody Googles that image, it looks like they call it the golden poop or the golden turd because it looks like the poop emoji, um, which is funny. Um, yeah. And then I, and then speaking of Philippines, I think I've had, um, I think the it's San Miguel is the brewer. Um, I've had some San Miguel from the Philippines before. So I can't remember if it was what it was specifically like a pale ale or a, a pilsner or something like that from San Miguel.
1: Uh, Tripic says uh, these phone systems can't understand the New Zealand accent. And if, and if it can't understand you, it disconnects. It took me four attempts.
0: <laughs> that's not an oversight, bro.
1: No, that's not.
0: You know, I found that the <laughs> worst customer service that they have, it's all like a money saving measure. Because at a certain point, they're just going to assume that you give up Mm -hmm. and deal with it.
1: Yep. They save money on the uh, customer-facing side by uh, not having localized, I will say, support. Uh, We'll leave it at that. Uh, (laughs) uh, They save money in the frustration from customers going, well, you know what? I... I have better things to do than to sit on hold with HP for six hours. And so I'm just going to source the part and buy it myself. Um, I did that with Cisco one time. This is a fun story with Cisco. Uh, And why I made it my life's mission to root out every single Cisco device from every client that I ever touched. Uh, So we had... uh, I want to say it was a 5512X. Uh, It was a Cisco smart router firewall kind of unit. Um, Not the greatest thing in the world. It was a four core, four thread, uh, Cisco router, i3 processor, eight gigs of RAM, but ran Cisco's OS. Uh, The power supply on it failed one day at a client location. And uh, it's just a 1U box. It's a 1U server. X86 hardware, all standard stuff. Uh, we finally trace it to the power supply and, uh, I open up the case and, uh, it's just a standard ATX power supply or standard ATX plugs. It's a 24 pin and an eight pin. And it's like, well, that's easy. You, we can get you back up and running today. You got any dead desktops? Cause I'll just rip the power supply out of that and shuck it on top and off we go. Uh, so we got them back up and running and I went, I'm going to, you know, call Cisco as soon as we go back to the office and we'll, we'll get this sorted. Uh, called Cisco. And they said, I'm sorry, do you have a, uh, a support plan with us? And I said, no, this this firewall is like seven years old. It's uh, you, it's, it's end of life. So you don't you're not providing updates in, for it anymore. So why am I paying for updates? <laughs> uh, and they said, well, sorry, if you don't have a Cisco service contract, we can't help you said, can't or won't won't. OK, cool. Um, so I, uh, called a couple of my vendor friends who had contacts within Cisco and I, uh, found the part number that I needed, uh, for this power supply. And I said, can you get one ordered for me? And they said, yeah, no problem. It'll be like $95 or something like that. Cool. Done. I mean, ATX, one U power supply, not, not a big deal. Uh, he calls me back the next day and says, yeah, I called Cisco and they won't sell me that power supply can't or won't <laughs> won't uh they won't sell me the power supply uh because it's still a a service item within their inventory and things like that and i'm going it's just it, it's it's a somewhat proprietary form factor one U power supply but it's an atx off the shelf power supply it, it's a 24 pin and an 8 pin with a custom length on the K on the it pissed me off so much i got an alibaba and I spent three hours looking at white box power supplies until I find the one found the one that they sourced. And I had it shipped to my door in, in one week for twenty-one dollars. I was so furious. <laughs> but they got an OEM power supply back in their unit.
0: <laughs> Another super chat. Coming down the pipeline. You guys are on fire. It's almost like they missed you last I, week or something. I, I feel the
1: love. I feel the love, you guys.
0: <laughs> uh, from Mike once again, um, Mike says, hey, thanks for the answer. Also, I just moved. I'm looking for a new job as a result. Trying to find a junior sys, uh, system admin position. Any
1: tips slash recommendations for getting a job? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to level with you, Mike. It's been... 17 years since I've looked for a job, so I'm not sure. Uh, The last job that I applied for, I applied for from an ad out of the newspaper. So while I worked in IT for a very long time, uh, I am not up to date on job finding things. Uh, I have looked for a job since, uh, you know, in in the interim kind of thing. I I was looking to get out for a couple of years. uh but beyond craigslist and like monster and a couple other things i never never really explored that far out i never even sent out a resume so
0: yeah i i can't provide any insight into looking for any you know sysadmin type work but as far as getting a job um I feel like for me, the thing that has served me the best, like there's two things. And whether it's because I I like my career is like all over the place. And the the two things are like now you're a video editor. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's <laughs> like, who would have ever thought that I'd be here? But it's great. Like when you look at like some of the things I did, like working with craft computing, it's like, oh yeah, like, you know, of course. Um, but Uh, the, the, the two things that have worked really well for me are, you know, be easy to work with and, and be on time, you know, like, so, and really what, what, what that kind of equates for me is like, I'm never, I'm never like really number one, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm not afraid to admit that I'm not the best at anything I do. And I do a lot of things. So like, naturally I'm going to be sort of relegated to the sidelines sometimes, but like second best man, like I'm there when the yeah. phone rings. I'm in the conversation. <laughs> like, I'm in the conversation and the phone rings and, like, number one didn't show up. Baby, I'm there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm the bench player. Like, you know, freaking Brandon Roy twisted his ankle again. Like, coach is about to put me in, you know? And I'm about to score Sergio,
1: the ball's yours. <laughs>
0: Being, being like second 30, whatever it is, you know, it, um,
1: no one outside always... of Portland
0: gets those references,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, just like being being pleasant to be around and and like being able to be there when like, you know, somebody is out sick or something, you know? I don't know. Yeah. That's such bad advice, but it's also it's got me everywhere. Like- I I, w-
1: I will say um being on the hiring side because I've I've hired quite a few uh individuals as my time as a manager. Um being on the hiring side of things for a tech field. Um there are some Industries and some organizations that still put all of their their reliance on are you going to be a good hire or not uh, into memorization during an interview. You know, uh, what are the what are the seven layers of OSI and and you know explain each of them in context. And blah, blah, blah. Like we all know what a router is. We all know what layer one, layer two, layer three, layer four. Like you can get on that list. Memorization doesn't make me a good network engineer. Uh, Knowing how to Google things makes me a good network engineer. Uh, Knowing how to Google my specific problem, my specific error message. So I'm not expected to memorize what Active Directory error code, you know, 0 pound 847349 because no one knows everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I will say that's one thing that has served me really well too, especially like once I secure an interview is um, being honest with what I know. And this is kind of weird. Be honest I,
1: with what you know. That's, this is that's, something
0: that yeah. we, this is something that we, I think we were talking about in the super secret after show after party last week was like hiring practices and, and stuff like this. And, um, Be honest with what you know. I, I've i gotten a few jobs, and when they called me and said, like, hey, you know, we were asking about, like, what was the time that you messed up? And, like, you were the only one that s- s- seemed to have given us an honest answer about a legitimate time that you actually, like, your answer was the only one that had, like, a negative in it. <laughs> I was like... Yeah, you asked me to tell you when I screwed up. Like, I gave you the biggest screw-up I've ever had. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. million-dollar screw-up. It doesn't get bigger than that. <laughs> um, not in craft computing, though. Not yet. So. Not yet.
1: Well, I got to I mean, make a million for you to waste it first. Yeah, there
0: you go. Well, you talk about mistakes that only need to be made once, Jeff. <laughs> I'll never be making that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. But... Um, yeah, yeah, you know. uh, uh,
1: yeah, like what you were saying, be honest about what you know and be honest about what you don't know. And knowing what you don't know is actually one of the better skills that you can have in IT. Because overconfidence can often lead to uh, not following best practices. It can lead to mistakes in production. It can lead to security issues. It can lead to a lot of things. Thinking that you know everything. And so I want someone when they interview to be confident in what they know but also humble about what they don't, and 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 be willing to find the right answer. Uh, that was one of the main to, things that I've always looked for.
0: And nobody like that's the thing. Like we might think that it's like it, it's it's exuding, it's like portraying confidence in the <laughs> interview. But like nobody likes working with a know-it-all. And if you just gun it super hard on something I you really don't that, know, right. what's that? Said so I'm yeah. sorry about that yeah exactly i hate working with jeff like he's just like (laughs) i know everything all the time you idiot like okay like what was the other one the other day i was like where can i tell this person to ship this thing and you're like are you kidding me you idiot (laughs) you don't know my po box number at this point what do you want from me jeff god um but yeah you know nobody likes those people so i want
1: my slightly above minimum wage effort that's what i want
0: (laughs) You get what you pay for, Jeff. <laughs> By the way, we're on strike starting today. I have unionized your office. Cool. On to you, the next you, one.
1: You let me know what uh, what improvements you need to see. I demand, um, and I'll find some other slip on the street who can fill your spot.
0: <laughs> somebody else's dreams to crush. <laughs> I'm like the Hollywood of tech YouTube. Just here to grind you up and spit you out. Just kidding. I actually, as underappreciated
1: as the writers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: another super chat from typic, typical Typicacy. Trippic. Trip, tripic damn it. Sorry, Trippic. I did the, I I totally ignored the R and I was like face blind to your name. Some more kiwi KiwiBucks. Uh, I have been answered. They are sending me the required BIOS files. Wow. Nice
1: job. I've, I've told my HP story before. I, I, the, the quick version of my HP story was I needed a replacement part. Um, I think I needed a backplane, uh, a SAS backplane for a server. And so I called into HP and I got through three levels of support and they said, Oh no, no, you need the parts department here. Let me forward you over to there. And I'm on hold for like 40 minutes and finally someone answers. And, uh, there wasn't even hold music. It was just, (laughs) for 40 minutes, finally someone answers. And I say, Hey, I, I need a SAS backplane for this particular server, but I needed this orientation and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, he goes, okay, well, what server is it? Okay, here's the server model number. Here's the HP B dash number. And uh, he goes, yeah, all I'm seeing for that server is some replacement memory modules. And I went, surely there's more parts in that server than RAM. And he goes, yeah, you might want to call the repair center. They have a much larger listing of parts than we do. And I went, you're the parts department. It's literally in your name. i don't get angry on help desk calls that there are support calls that often that one set me off (laughs)
0: dude i i was i was in a help desk call when i was dealing with the um covid vaccine dashboard Mm
1: -hmm.
0: oh my god uh the people that did ours oh you're cracking open your next one or is that cracking
1: open the next one uh level beer game on
0: love it Making great beers.
1: I had this one a couple of weeks ago on the show. I I feel weird drinking it again, but it's a good beer.
0: It's all right. But anyway, yeah, the the, the people running the dashboard for us over here, man. Um, because I've had two last names in in my life, uh, naturally. They created like two accounts for me, like based off of my social security number and it caused issues scheduling my appointment, which caused all sorts. So I was on the phone for like three hours and I got this lady and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. You asked me to answer these security questions and I've answered them. Like I set them, like I know what they are. And I've answered them. And she's like, well, I can't verify that you are who you are. And I just like, I lost my mind after like three hours. And I was like, are you kidding? Can you escalate this call, please? You know, of course, like just being the douche that says like the stupid buzzword that sometimes works. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I was like, you have no manager. She's like, not that I'm going to let you talk to. And I was like, oh my God. And I just like, I felt so bad. I unloaded on her and I went around, I made all these calls. I, I talked to like six other people and they, every time I talked to someone, they actually helped me get closer to solving the issue. And finally, I got back to her and she's like, oh, so there actually was an issue? And I was like, yes, for God's sake, yes. That's what I was telling you. If you could have just helped me. Yeah.
2: Ugh. Yay. <laughs> um,
1: Oh, gosh. uh, Last story and then we'll get... No, hold on. We'll do the Super Chats first. We got Super Chats. We got Super Chats. Uh, Angry Future, $5 donation. Thank you so much. Uh, SLI isn't dead. It still lives on in my dreams. Uh, Wake up. I'm sorry. (laughs) From from a multi-GPU enthusiast, from someone who has ran multiple, multiple GPU uh, setups, SLI is dead. I'm sorry.
0: Dang. You heard it here first.
1: Yep. Uh, Five dollar donation from Scott. Thank you so much, Scott. Craft Computing saw you give that PC to a kid in Oregon some months back. I live in Medford. Very cool of you to do that. Wish we had a micro center. Uh, thank you. That was uh, that was super cool to be a part of. Uh, to to have that whole thing come together. Uh, uh, the crew up at Linus uh, Tech Tips was fantastic to work with. Uh, Colin, Linus, both. Um, uh, I love the way the PC turned out, and uh, and Spencer was legitimately a a really fun and funny guy despite some pretty horrific circumstances that he was in Uh, yeah so that was a, a very cool thing and uh cheers down in medford
0: you know also to jeff's credit he was first in offering a replacement
1: And I I think I said that in the video. I I think I said I reached out first and then and then I I said, well if Linus is gonna build you one, hell go with him because he didn't have to pay for it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I, I just think it's so funny that like, yeah, you end up getting getting all block there a little bit by Linus like <laughs> just Linus doing Linus things but no it worked out really good.
1: No I I, I really dig the way it turned out. Uh he, he got a, a balling system. God what did they give him a 2080 ti I want to say <laughs> um yeah and and Spencer could not have been more more fun to hang out with for the couple hours than uh than than we did. So yeah.
0: Yeah and uh hey cheers cheers to our Southern Oregon brethren and I'm very sorry uh, <laughs> the miserable smoke conditions that you've been dealing with lately. Yeah. Um, Can't be easy. I had to go down there for work not that long ago. And I was like, well, I hope I don't have to come back down here till it rains.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Anyway, uh, one quick story of like someone who was on an absolute power trip. Uh, So one of the clients that I was working with, was uh, a k-12 and they were receiving a donation of i want to say it was like 50 uh, out of service desktop pcs or something like that and uh i got tasked with going and, and picking up one of the loads and so driving the truck down there and and whatnot uh this was 2011 maybe 2010 uh anyway we were picking them up from a social security office uh, they were clearing out all their cubicles and getting all all new ones uh, so yeah. had an appointment had someone that I was supposed to see showed up there and uh, It's in an office building. So we walk into the office building and, and whatnot. And it's just it's it's not like the entire building is Social Security it's just this floor or this wing or whatever is Social Security and uh, so so I walk up there and uh Talk to the receptionist and hey, I'm I'm so and so from here and then I'm here to meet this person. Oh yeah, yeah, she's expecting you. Hold on, and uh, she uh, uh, made a quick call and then the person I was supposed to meet walks through the door and he goes, yeah, yeah, come on, come on with me real quick. And uh, the security guard standing there, whoa, 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 hold, hold up, where are you going with that, son? Oh, God. And and I have like literally like a three inch pocket knife on on my belt and I'm like. Going, or he goes, where are you going, son? I think is how how he did it. And I said, with her. Like, that's what I'm here for. And he goes, well, what's that? I said, oh, sorry, pocket knife. And uh, he goes, what were you planning on doing with that? And the only thing I could think of to say was, well, I was going to cut a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And... And I've used this talk a couple of times uh, or this this example when I'm training people, uh, specifically help desk people. And, and this works for retail and this works for a couple of other industries as well. You may have had to tell someone that pocket knives are not allowed in the building a hundred times a day for the last 20 years. You know the spiel at this point. This is the first time the person that you're talking to is hearing it though. And regardless of how comfortable with giving the spiel that you are and the jokes that you want to make and things like that, you're an asshole. (laughs) And if you come across that way as an asshole, if you're working help desk, if you're working retail, if you're working customer service, support line, any kind of customer interaction thing, you're an asshole. Because I had an appointment. There's obviously someone inside the building that I'm meeting there. I'm obviously not a threat. I, you know, I'm not there to rob the place. I'm there to, you know, open the back door to load some PCs that you gave us and whatnot. And for a security guard to power trip like that, because someone who's walking in to open a garage door happens to have a three-inch pocket knife, like, is that really the battle you want to fight? He made me go down the elevator, put it back in my car before I came back up and, and then went just to go ride the elevator back down to open the garage door. And, and the bravado and the way he came across and, and the, the demeaning, like talking down the entire time. Yeah. Oh, I was so pissed, but literally all I could think of was, well, I was going to cut a bitch.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can't help. He didn't, he didn't
1: think that was funny either.
0: Having worked in that industry so much, like Mm -hmm. whenever they overstepped their bounds or anything, I cannot help, but just shoot him the most sarcastic troll line of
1: all time, like. And I understand it's a hard job, but my point remains valid. This is the first time as someone walking into this building for the first time has ever heard that line, has ever heard, hey, you have a pocket knife. That's not allowed in this building. I'm sorry, you'll need to take that out to your car. Oh, not a problem, sir. I, I didn't even realize. Yeah. Instead of what were you planning on doing with that, son? Yeah. And 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 not even friendly, like yeah. Like aggressive banter. Yeah. So, yeah. Regardless and of what industry you work in, if you are customer facing, remember, yeah. regardless of how many times you've had to have a conversation with someone, the person on the other end of the line, it's the first time they're hearing it.
0: Yeah. It's definitely not a hard job. Security is some of the easiest work I've right. ever done. It's very easy. He's just an idiot, which is the problem because he was probably an underpaid idiot working for some security mill that contracted with this office. Like, yep. He's like the Paul Blart version of, you know, except Paul Blart is nice, you know? Right. Paul Blart, at least like was competent at the very end of the movie.
1: Right. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to dig a little deeper on the psychology. It, it, roots into like what kind of person you are. Oh, for uh, sure. And and like do you need to to like put me in my place or are you there to perform your job and right. be nice to the public and then go home and kiss your wife? Right. Like like what are you here for? I understand that you have a job to do, but so do I and I'm just trying to do my job and and now I'm getting conflict where there doesn't need to be conflict
0: and i'll never understand the people that can't manage to do their job in the least amount of steps like if you're not supposed to bring that in you go hey man i can't let you take that in
1: whoa whoa sorry you got a pocket knife on you you need to take back back down to your car you can even say it a little bit aggressively but as long as you're stating the rule but what he did was he he demeaned me in three separate sentences oh god yeah leading up to the like wanting me to realize that i was violating some some code and and it's like i don't know the rules here this is the first time i've ever been in this building yeah like
0: <laughs> you should have seen the sheriff's when i was trying to get into uh, one of the courthouses um <laughs> and i had this stupid like credit card shaped multi-tool in my wallet that I had like mm-hmm. forgotten about, you know, and it has like a bottle opener and like a screwdriver and like yeah. a, yeah, oh my God. I couldn't find it in my wallet because it like gotten super hidden in all the folds. Um, and the guy's like, I'm looking at it on the x-ray device, sir. I was like, can I just leave my wallet here? For God's sake, I got to get into this hearing." <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> no, you can't leave your wallet here. I'm not, I was like, I'll take all the good stuff out. I was like, I could take my credit cards. I'll take my license. Like you can have the wallet. I was like, for God's sake, I'm just about to throw it away. And he's like, whatever you got to do, man. But if it goes through the machine and there's a freaking sharp multi-tool in it, you're not coming in with it. (laughs) I'm just like taking everything out of my wallet in the middle of this busy courtroom uh, or in the (laughs) lobby of it i'm like whatever and i just threw my wallet in the trash and put everything um, in my pocket
1: Were were you with me or was this i think i think it was with you uh where i left a, a screwdriver multi-tool in my backpack in the airport
0: yeah and we were like rushed back like we had gone through no, no no that was that
1: was the second time that was uh that was for batteries oh yeah the batteries, yeah, that, yeah that was leaving vegas no going <laughs> to vegas uh we were in we were in pdx uh portland airport and uh In my laptop bag, I keep a multi-bit screwdriver. Naturally. As most people do. (laughs) Like if you're in the industry that I'm in, you carry a multi-tool. And mine is just a screwdriver. It's a screwdriver with replaceable tips. And uh, uh, the rule on the planes is it can only be up to six and a half inches long when fully assembled and whatnot. Mine was like 6.7 inches long. And so they're literally like opening the drawer and there, there's like this laminated paper ruler on the top of one of their desk drawers, and they're holding up the screwdriver and the and the, and the bit on it, and uh, oh no, no, sorry, it wasn't even that. Uh, it has to, it has to be. It can only be six and a half inches long before it's assembled. It can be whatever length you want once it's assembled, but if like the tool, if the main body of the tool is more than six or something inches long, then it's contraband, and so. I had a screwdriver and the screwdriver had like a large blue handle on it. And then it had the, the chuck for, for the tool end. And that was steel. And then with a magnet in the bottom. And then the tool pieces were about this long, the bits that went on top. And, uh, the tool handle with the chuck on it happened to be like 0.1 inches over the limit. And, and so, and so again, people like authority trip or, or whatever else Took the screwdriver out of my bag and they're measuring it on this laminated paper ruler on taped to the top of a desk because apparently tape measures are also not allowed in airports. Uh, and she's going, I don't know, man. Ugh. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to let you through with that. And I went a quarter inch less, and it wouldn't have been a question. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Why? yeah yeah that's what's crazy let like, alone
1: that when i put the full sc- like the 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 bits for that thing were long they were like three and a half inches long. that was a nine inch blade when it was all assembled yeah but because the handle was more than six and a half nope sorry i can't have that they're you know like <laughs> 6.4 laptop technician 6.5 terrorist all right <laughs>
0: There is a, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's like Captain Picard said, Jeff, that life is an exercise in making exceptions, right? I mean, this is really a good place for the spirit of the rules to apply.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And the spirit of the rules is, I don't know, man. It looks like a have ever
1: And if you've ever ran into someone in a position of authority who is overstepping their bounds or exercising the only power they have in their lives, You will also know you can do everything right and still lose.
0: Exactly. Wow. Pulling out another quote.
1: Because I know more than you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, your quote is actually like one of my favorite Picard quotes. Yes. Uh, The exceptions one, that's like my second favorite Picard Mm -hmm. quote. So
1: I had actually forgotten about the exception one. So thank you for reminding me about that one. But no, the yeah. uh, yeah, the. You can do everything right and still lose. That's my number one Picard quote. Uh, Okay. Let's see. Uh, Oh, we have a sponsor that I completely forgot to get to. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on.
0: Let me get out my Kindle. Yeah. Read the script again.
1: Pay no attention. I'm stalling for time. (laughs) All right, today's video is brought to you by Linode. If you've ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources or time to invest into hardware, power, cooling, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software from most of the tutorials on my channel, Rhett, like how to run your own ad blocking, recursive DNS server, VPN gateways, or your own cloud-based cloud-based, Plex, server, and more. I know Rhett nailed that one the first time last week. Linode makes it simple to deploy and manage your own cloud services with solutions ranging from a single shared CPU to massive multi-core virtual machines. They even offer dedicated RTX 6000 GPUs for graphic rendering or machine learning. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site, because remember, RAID is not a backup. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account, and get your home lab or business account started today. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing, and thanks again to Linode for sponsoring today's episode.
0: Thanks, Linode.
1: Thank you, Linode.
2: I heart Linode.
1: You would think at this point, since I always stumble over the cloud-based Plex server, uh, that I would just rewrite it because I wrote the damn (laughs) ad. It's those double L's that get me every time. Cloud-based Plex server.
0: It's all right. Not everybody can be as good at reading copy as I am.
1: That's true. Well, I always fall into the pitfall of I read a little bit too fast. And uh, if I just slowed down a quarter tick, like not even a full tick.
0: It's all about, it's all about taking the time to let it breathe, baby. Yep. Yep. Um, AV asks, ever try Mountain Dew and whiskey?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, trivia fact, Mountain Dew was originally a whiskey mixer. Ooh, see, there you go. Mountain Dew comes from Moonshine. And Trippic
0: over here wanted us to delete it.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm going to say bad things about it. But <laughs> but there's history behind this. Mountain Dew was originally a a mixer for Moonshine. Thus, the name Mountain Dew. (laughs) Uh, It has its roots in moonshine triple X jugs. Like, it's what it was. Like Uh, my
0: family used to make.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, there was actually a limited release a number of years ago that was, uh, I think they called it Dewshine. Um, Where it was, this was actually a product by Mountain Dew that they pretty much went back to as close to the original recipe as they could. And I tried that with whiskey and gosh dang it if it wasn't freaking good. Well, gosh darn it if it wasn't the <laughs> finest thing that I ever
0: tasted on right? the side of the
1: Mississippi. Right? <laughs> like straight out of the Appalachians, it was good. Uh, so yes, I've done Mountain Dew and whiskey. Uh, my wife prefers Mountain Dew and Malibu rum. That's, yeah, a, that's, that's another not good one. Yeah, it's not yep. a bad one. Uh, I can't say that I'm too excited about this Coors and Mountain Dew collaboration, though. Uh, and that is that... Or no, Boston Beer, excuse me. Sam Adams. Sam Adams. Of Sam Adams fame. Uh, are collaborating to create a Mountain Dew alcoholic drink. Uh, this is a zero-calorie zero sugar alcoholic drink likely a malt beverage five percent alcohol um so you remember back to like your freshman year when you mixed like dia mountain dew and everclear no those i never kind did of, that those are the kind of vibes i'm, I'm feeling right now <laughs> there might be someone out there in chat who who knows exactly what i'm talking about i'm i'm pointing at one person in particular when i say that um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, this is a essentially a diet Mountain Dew and grain alcohol. Yeah. With a hint of cherry flavor.
0: I really do love that the transition to this story was just like completely organic. Like somebody brought it up. It was great.
1: I know it was... (laughs) So there are going to be three flavors, Original Mountain Dew, Black Cherry, and Watermelon. Nice. Um, They'll be available this fall from select retailers uh, coming out in October.
0: They missed a real opportunity to go for, you know, Original Mountain Dew flavor, then Code Red flavor, Live Wire flavor.
1: Like, you know, why didn't they just lean into the branding? You know, I think they're trying to flirt that line of being a recognizable a uh, good point. name while not appealing to the kids. Yeah. Uh, so my jazz band in high school was sponsored by Code Red, Mountain Dew. Yes. Uh, we were a, a jazz variety band, and uh, we got a Code Red sponsorship. We got cases upon cases of Code Red delivered to to the, the the band room and shirts and everything else because we, uh, we had named our band Code Red. And this was before Code Red came out. And so when Code Red came out, the local Pepsi plant heard about it and I said, oh, let's just send them a bunch of merch. And so, yeah, I was sponsored by Code Red at one point. That's cool. <laughs> it was just the local pepsi bottling plant and and whatnot but yeah yeah i had code red merch and and as much code red as i wanted to drink as like a sophomore in high school like it was fantastic
0: yeah see, it is kind of interesting because yeah i don't know i i used to love mountain dew like mountain dew is like my preferred soft drink right like my preferred pop but um I've never been a fan of any of the offshoots of it. I've never been a fan. Like when the whole energy drink thing was kicking off and they get on board with amp, like I never liked amp or whatever they had. Um, so I'm, uh, this isn't for me. I, I'm not interested in really getting out there and trying this and, you know, kudos to, I guess the Boston beer company for trying, but it's also kind of funny because uh, like the seltzer market has sort of been like going down lately. (laughs) Like I've, uh, I think me and John talked about it briefly last week that, um, like there's so many iterations of like hard seltzer and all this sort of stuff, like, and all of a sudden, boom, like you're watching the stocks and they're just like fallen day after day. And, uh, I don't know, good timing or not, maybe not. I kind of think the hard seltzer market is way oversaturated um but who knows maybe the beer market's oversaturated too so i just don't think you can have that much like variety with hard seltzer but you know they're gonna prove me wrong and i hope they do
1: i hope they do because uh i've had some really good hard seltzers i've had some really bad hard seltzers um what's funny is i actually picked up the the kirkland variety pack uh about a month ago uh because i'm like you know what just something yeah. to have around the house in the summer. You know, you can pour it over ice, and I can still have, Dude, you know, you a can't nice go refreshing wrong with Kirkland. drink.
0: Kirkland, it, it's so good.
1: What's funny? What's really funny is I looked at the flavors, and it was black cherry, grapefruit, mango, and lime. Those are the four flavors that come in the pack. And of all those flavors, I went Lime's going to be my that's that's going to be my go to. Like like I'm I'm a sucker for lime. Uh, mango, eh grapefruit a little more eh, and then black cherry i'm like kind of middle of the road um lime was my least favorite flavor out of the pack
0: interesting
1: yeah uh the grapefruit freaking fantastic
0: <laughs> yeah that's a good point i mean it really does depend um yeah, Kirkland does great stuff. I actually really kind of even enjoy buying like Kirkland beer. <laughs> like if you just need a bunch of cheap beer, yeah. something cold to drink, like it, it does just as well as like Cura's original or or whatever you might want to drink. So
1: I'll 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 go like 10 barrel pub beer. That that's usually like yeah. my I need a case for really cheap. Right,
0: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which is just a lager, but it's a but it's good. Five percent better lager.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like pub beer i like red can you know red cans another Mm -hmm. one of those it's it's pretty solid um michael says uh or no sorry not michael somebody brought up um balls balls yeah energy drink
1: yeah they were saying uh you can still buy balls it's still around yeah um uh yeah uh in fact i almost bought a couple of bottles when i was on vacation it was in a fred meyer kroger when
0: i was in high school um our local land party um had was a big deal it had sponsorships and everything and balls Mm -hmm. was one of the primary sponsors year in year out they
1: if there's a land party balls will sponsor it uh uh balls was one of the primary sponsors at QuakeCon, and they they would make (laughs) they would make runs around the floor with uh with hand trucks full of cases of balls and start handing them out yeah it was great
0: yeah it was awesome yeah everybody just drinking balls staying up Playing. Micro
1: Center carries balls. Uh, yeah, Fries here locally used to carry balls. That's where I used to buy it all the time. Uh, obviously, I can't get it there anymore because I can't even get in the door now. Uh, but uh, no, Kroger recently started carrying balls in in my local area, so nice. I can I can finally get get that. Uh, that's really the only energy drink I will ever drink is balls. Ooh,
0: I I'm I'm I got my Rockstar sugar free. Uh, vice just See, I, on I can't my even throat. do that. I can't dude, do that. I used to hate it. And I don't know what it was, man, but there's this like, there's this convenience store out in the middle of nowhere out in our area. Mm-hmm. And they hand make these breakfast burritos every morning. And I used to have to go out to work like five o'clock in the morning. I'd stop by fresh breakfast burrito and a sugar-free rockstar dude with those cheap salsa packets, man. And I would get to work. There's nothing to do. So I'd open up my laptop and I'd watch my shows Eating this burrito with
1: the, oh God, my mouth is watering just thinking about it. Do, Do you remember San Diego Taco Company? No. They they were a local chain. They only had like four or five stores around here. They have one in Canby. They had another one in Salem. Uh you know where the Applebees is in Salem, uh the North Salem right by Kaiser? They yeah. used they used to have a San Diego taco in that parking lot. Oh. Um bravo I think the barbecue place that's there used to be a San Diego right. taco. Right. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, right. Uh so it was that place. They made breakfast burritos like the size of my arm. Like like the meat of my arm right here that was the breakfast burrito. Oh yeah. And, uh, and it was 5 bucks. Oof. And and oh god it was good. Uh like 3000 calories. But <laughs>
0: so <laughs> but good. So
1: so good. And $5. But and so I used to get those all the time.
0: That's like that's like back in the day man. You used to go to like Alberto's up there in North Salem. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And dude they got that Oregon burrito. For, and at the time it was like you could get it for like a buck 75 or something like that yeah. oh my god
1: yeah uh, any more uh Mucho's gracias is uh is yeah. my my big well, taco yeah my is
0: basically like the gra- it's like a muchis like knockoff i guess but yeah 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 well, now anymore, the Oregon burritos, though, they're like five bucks like now. You see, yeah, like, five, five bucks, six 75, now. man. Yeah. It was worth like scrounging up change from your couch. I'd drive all the way out there just to yep. get some, like, it was the best. Same-sies. But yep. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie, though, this breakfast burrito I'm talking about, it was a tiny little thing. It was so yeah. tiny, but you learn to savor every bite. Mm-hmm. And I developed this like perfect technique to get every single drop out of the salsa packets. Cause they would only give you two salsa packets. Yeah. Never anymore. And so I'd spread the tin foil out on my desk, super flat. And I put the salsa on there, man. And you just dip the burrito as you eat it. Oh God. I'm going there right now. Anyway, I'm signing off. See ya. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, I used to do that with the, with the McDonald's breakfast burritos, but One weird thing about the McDonald's is they vary the price so much from location to location on the breakfast burritos. Yep. They're they're stores up further north where you can get them for 50 cents a pop. Down by me, it's $1.79.
0: Yeah. For me, it's literally $2 at my store here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, I can get four or I can get one. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of the price swing.
0: It's, I've never noticed the price differential in fast food restaurants more than just recently. Like moving yeah. from where I was to where I am now, like everything's more expensive. Even the Taco Bell, dude. Like y- You
1: know where I live too.
0: Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> just like, dude, the, the Taco Bell here, the cheapest thing on the menu is like three bucks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You it's enter like, my where? neighborhood, you increase the price by like 25%. Minimum. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway. So, try some Pep Mountain Dew hard seltzer. That's yes. All, all to say that.
1: Uh, earlier this week, gosh, this was yesterday, uh, Goose Island announced their 2021 uh, lineup of Bourbon County Stouts. And I'm going to sneeze.
0: Come on, man. Get it together. Oh,
1: I know. Gosh. On vacation for a week and everything's gone to crap. I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) They usually come in threes. I think I only got two that time. We'll see about that. I think I'm all right. Hold on. I can feel it like in the back of my nose. Look at the light.
0: Look at the light.
1: There are four lights. Sorry. Goose Island. (laughs) Goose Island announced their 2021 lineup of bourbon County beers yesterday. And, uh, I will say, I agree with John slightly on this one. They subbed in a cola-flavored beer, but no barley wine? What the crap is going on over there? What in the Budweiser hell? They're just trying new things. Yeah, I, I will say, I'm not disappointed with the lineup. But I'm disappointed with the decision. Anyway, the new lineup consists of the original Bourbon County Stout, uh, which usually comes in around 12.5%. This year, it is going to be 14.1%. It's a little little bit of a heavy hitter this year. Uh, This will be blended from a mix of Heaven Hill, Wild Turkey, and Buffalo Trace Bourbon Barrels, uh, and has their original Stout. Uh, uh, Then we've got the Bourbon County Cherrywood Stout, uh, for the first time, it will be uh, toasted with honeycomb-shaped cherry wood chips. Uh, said they will impart a noticeable difference to from the base by adding ripe fruit, ripe cherry, and light toffee. Not quite sure what I think about that one. Uh, there's the Bourbon County Reserve 150, which is aged in Old Forester's 150th Anniversary Barrels. That sounds delicious. Uh, Bourbon County Double Barrel Toasted Stout. Now, this one is a little interesting because last year they came out with a stout that was aged in Elijah Craig barrels. And they called it, I I think it was the the toasted stout. Uh, This time, it's the same stout that they brewed last year, but they aged it in another set of Elijah Craig barrels for another year uh so thus the double barrel toasted stout uh this one I am also oh looking forward to getting my hands on uh by the way if anyone's in the Chicago area because <coughs> Oregon's been kind of swinging a miss the last year and a half for bourbon counties uh there's the Blanton stout which is obviously aged for 18 months in Blanton's original single barrel bourbon So that should be a pretty interesting one. Rich dark chocolate and oak notes finished with a clove, nutmeg, and cinnamon flavor. And now we come to the interesting selection, and that is the Bourbon County Classic Cola Stout. Uh, This is the spiritual sibling to last year's Kentucky Fog, which was made with Earl Grey tea. However, spiritual sibling I'm a little confused by because cola is certainly not tea. Although I was a pretty big fan of the uh, of the Kentucky Fog, uh, Goose described it as a whiskey cola with lime, orange juice, and zest, plus coriander, cassia bark, nutmeg, brown sugar, and vanilla. Which that kind of checks all my boxes as far as what I look for when I think like a, a whiskey-heavy drink. So I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it, but I'm also a little bit nervous <laughs> about that one. There's also the 14 stout, which is a throwback to the 2014 Chicago Only Proprietor Stout, uh, yeah. which I I haven't had the the 14 proprietors. I think I had the 17 proprietors. I think that's the only proprietors I've ever had.
0: Well, here's your chance to have the 14.
1: Here's my chance to have the 14, right? So it's the same recipe as the 2014 Proprietor Stout. Um So, but this one will be uh, not Chicago only as the proprietors normally is. And then there's also the proprietors, Bourbon County Stout, which is their special blend, which is only available in the Chicago area. So once again, all my Chicago homies, I will reciprocate with something that you can't get there. So
0: expect to be reminded of shortcake with, quote, layered with vanilla and topped off with the slight fruitiness of strawberries
1: right yeah last year was making my mouth water last year was the strawberry ice cream so yeah i'm as much as i dig strawberry ice cream give me some strawberry shortcake like holy crap so there you have it the 2021 bourbon county stout Please drink responsibly. Moving into our last story of the day. I'm going to put this one with a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, With all that's going on with Blizzard Activision, let's just say I'm less than enthused about the company. Um, I do think this particular story is newsworthy and that's why we we're talking about it but i'm certainly not trying to draw attention in a positive way to blizzard activision because they got some stuff to deal with they they <laughs> do they why what's been going on oh you know just the <laughs> just boys being boys
0: just locker room talk you know
1: just locker just boy talk you know look
0: just, it's just a cube crawl oh god let's not even go there don't, don't, don't screw no, screw no, them no, no. screw blizzard they, they don't need positive press. And the and horse they story, came in on, I This story certainly is not going to give them positive press, so...
1: No. Um, so, Diablo 2 Resurrection, the Diablo 2 from the ground-up remaster because they lost the source code to the original Diablo 2. Uh, the Diablo 2 remaster uh, is going into closed beta on the 13th and open beta on August 20th. Now... Back in 1997, this was kind of my jam. I played a lot, a lot, a lot of Diablo II. Um, a lot of land games, a lot of single-player games, uh, some early Battle.net games. Um, I did a lot of Diablo 2. As such, I was pretty much a day one pre-order for Diablo 2 Resurrection. Because I was kind of looking to rekindle some of that that land party kind of stuff. I, I um my daughter's getting to an age where she's interested in like torchlight and like, you know what? Let's just go full bore. Let's just why why start off light? Just go to Diablo. So I was kind of thinking like, if I get a couple of copies of this, we can host our own perpetual server here and we can play Diablo 2 on the LAN, maybe with the cloud gaming server and, and have some fun. Uh but the one feature that I kind of pre-ordered for, I mean, I, I probably would have pre-ordered anyway, uh, was that Blizzard confirmed that there would be LAN games and LAN servers and private servers available. You could do that as an option in the game. You didn't have to get online. You didn't have to get on Battle.net. You didn't have to get hounded to purchase all the thousands of microtransactions and skin upgrades and things like that. Like you could host your own private server and you can kind of say to yourself and I'm sorry, but that's how I like to play games these days. I, I don't have the time for a 13 year old to tell me what he did with my mother, who is approaching geriatrics. Like <laughs> I, I just don't have time for that. And I was Why, excited. He sounds
0: so charming though.
1: He does <laughs> go get her. Uh, <laughs> but I was looking forward to land games. I was looking forward to, to self-hosted land games again because we get so few of that these days. And I pre-ordered and I wanted the early access beta. I wanted to, to give it a shot. Um, and in a very quiet update, Blizzard has said, we are no longer going to implement land games because, quote, there's a security issue and we just won't fix it.
0: Security which, issue. which is I think the security issue
1: is they won't have direct access to my credit card and the chance to advertise microtransactions. I'm pretty sure that's the security issue.
0: Here's the perfect workaround. And hear me out. You can still just play Diablo 2.
1: Right. And <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's what I'm going to do. And not only in in light of no land play but other happenings around the blizzard activision campus uh i'm gonna be canceling my pre-order because yeah
0: <laughs> yeah
1: at the moment i really don't feel like giving them my money
0: <laughs> no and yeah this this whole story it really does feel like just a cheap a cheap veil for the truth, which is, yeah, they just can't keep their, their thumb on the pulse of your pocketbook. Right. How can we
1: keep charging you money and getting you to pay us a dollar every day for, for some, you know, superfluous skin or whatever horse armor, as it were, yeah. uh, when you are just able to host your own server and possibly mod it. <gasps> yeah. Like. <sighs> yeah. Yeah.
0: That And that's, what's crazy actually. Like, um, uh my buddy my next door neighbor here he uh he's been playing a perpetual diablo 2 character like since launch and yeah. he's just like hung on to it and he'll he plays all the time and apparently like what blows my mind a little bit is that there are drops that are so rare that there are some that still haven't been collected mm-hmm. um by anyone which is just crazy yeah um they have like a one in one trillion chance of dropping or something stupid. So, uh, you know, there's still content in Diablo 2 that needs to be um, mined, you know, before y'all move on to the uh, remaster, yeah. the remake.
1: Um, so, you know, get out I, there. I say all of you go do that. And until we have completed Diablo 2 in its entirety, I don't think a single person should play should play the new one.
0: Yeah, Exactly. What a great idea. We just solved this problem. Nailed it. There we go. And if you guys need a primer, uh, on my Game Dev podcast, I interviewed the composer for Diablo 1 and 2, That's Matt Yulman, right. and he was joined by the senior producer um, for Diablo 1 and 2, Matt Householder. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a fun little, little podcast interview we did up at uh, Portland Retro Gaming Expo live from the floor they did mostly all of the talking and we did very little question asking it was great they were fun guys to hang out with
1: very cool by the way that was game devs quest
0: oh yeah for the yeah.
1: podcast if 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 you want to go listen to it
0: it's out there
1: yep GameDevsQuest.com or follow ret on twitter at game or at red is awesome if you feel like getting political. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: What? <laughs> me? Surely you not. No. The world's not political enough for me to tweet no. about, Jeff.
1: Today's Wednesday, right? <laughs> Guys, it's
0: good politics, not stupid politics. Okay. <laughs> it's
1: true. <laughs> uh Blizz should have stopped the com- or Blizz stopped being a company one should support back in the early days of Diablo 3. Yeah. Probably. You're not wrong. Uh, what have they made since then? Overwatch? Yeah. I mean, like gross human misconduct aside, as a consumer, what have they done since Diablo 3?
0: I mean, they really actually, like, what was the last? I mean, uh, Overwatch, I guess, is like kind of a newish IP. Mm-hmm. But like, what? Well, I can't think of any like IPs that they've made like their rehash in Call of Duty
1: Mhm. That's Activision.
0: Well, Activision Blizzard though. Yeah. Right? I mean, I
1: yeah. Right. Yeah, they're still the Blizzard same more, company. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the list of canceled games still pains me because StarCraft Ghost is on that list. Uh Let's see. Oh, uh, the Diablo mobile game, right? Uh, Hearthstone?
0: Yeah, you guys have the card, phones, The card game? Right? Yeah. Yeah, but Hearthstone is not a new IP. It's not a new IP. Because it's like, technically, it's, right? Like, isn't it part Hearthstone
1: of Hearthstone? Hearthstone is uh, World of Warcraft.
0: How, how would that, yeah, right? So technically, that's not an IP because it's Warcraft. Uh, Diablo, or am I just getting super nitpicky? So,
1: so here, let's count back in time, okay? Okay. So. Uh, we have Diablo Immortal, which was announced, not released yet. Okay, twenty twenty two is the expected launch date. We have Overwatch that was launched in two thousand sixteen. Okay, free to play game.
0: Yeah, here's yeah, it's of... not free to play. Overwatch? Oh no,
1: that's oh no, that's right. Sorry, yeah. you're right. Sorry, I got it mixed up with
0: yeah all those all all those other games are
1: (laughs) not all the other battle royale free to play (laughs) games not blizzard no you need to spend 30 dollars (laughs) first uh heroes of the storm 2015
0: yeah which is all right i guess
1: hearthstone 2014 diablo 3
0: 2012 yeah i bought diablo 3 and literally never played it once i was so excited to play it and i just never did
1: yep uh And remember how StarCraft was supposed to be a a trilogy? Uh, Well, it eventually was a trilogy uh, because Wings of Liberty came out first, the single-player campaign. Yeah. But you got the entire multiplayer campaign at the same time, which is really where they put all their effort because the single-player campaign sucked. Uh, And they did come out with Heart of the Swarm in 2013 and Legacy of the Void in 2015. So to their credit, they did complete the trilogy. It just took them five years to do it from the same game.
0: Yeah. I don't even think like that, that that's just like the money grab, right? Like, yeah, you like, that's just here's... three
1: campaigns from yeah. literally the same executable.
0: Yeah. Here, here Here's the Terran side. Here's the Zerg side. Here's the proto. Like, yeah. Yeah. You could play the full game and everything from the very get go in each game. I guess there was like some new units and stuff, but it's just glorified DLC, you know, yeah. like,
1: uh, before Wings of Liberty, before Starcraft two in 2010, the the last release was World of Warcraft in 2004.
0: Yeah, not surprised. Yep. yep. Not surprised at all. Like ooh. And then even then before that, they have you know, Diablo and Warcraft. <laughs> their and their Starcraft. last
1: their last new IP Diablo
0: 1997. Yeah. Sounds about right.
1: That's it. Yep. Blizzard published
0: at least published a lot of cool games. Like I don't know how much they were involved in it, but like, you know, my the earliest time I can recall seeing their logo was for a fun game, a fun Sega Genesis game I used to play called Black rock and Roll Racing.
1: Oh, Rock and Roll Racing, yes. Yeah. I, I was gonna say Blackthorn.
0: Game. I don't remember Blackthorn.
1: Oh, Blackthorn was legit. <laughs> uh, so technically rock and roll racing was under a different name. They were silicon and synapse. Oh, really? Yes.
0: Well, that might have been... I wonder if that's who like developed it and then Blizzard maybe just published it or something.
1: No, the, no. Blizzard themselves were Silicon and Synapse. That was oh. the name of their company. Up until 1994, with the release of The Death and Return of Superman, Blackthorn, and Warcraft.
0: Interesting. They pub-
1: They released three games in 1994, and they've released 12 games since. <laughs>
0: Wild, wild stuff. Yep. Oh yeah. So I guess, I guess it probably would have said that. Cause I, I guess uh, rock and roll racing originally released on the um SNES and I played it on this Sega Genesis later on. Yeah, I So ch- that's probably why I saw the blizzard logo later on. Yeah. Cause it would have been a couple years later, I think. Might've been. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Can't see anything about the. Yep. About it on Wikipedia very quickly. Sorry. What a great soundtrack, though. Rock and roll, baby. It's a good one. It's a good one.
1: Okay. Uh, I think that's enough Blizzard talk. Yeah. Screw them. And the horse they came in on. Uh, Let's see. We got. 15-20 Fifteen twenty minutes. We're out of news. Uh, we can speculate on Lower Decks Season 2. Uh, I know there's going to be... I haven't even be... watched
0: Lower Deck Season 1. <sighs> but you can speculate on it. Dude. Dude.
1: Where can I watch it? I... I have sources. Oh. All right. We'll talk. Talk later. I have sources. Uh... Yeah, no, we'll we'll get you watching that. Because I I think that's required watching for co host of the show. I know.
0: I know. I haven't even finished Picard. I know.
1: You know, no. Picard was pretty good. I, I liked I genuinely liked Picard. Um it has its flaws. Definitely sure. has its flaws.
0: All of them do though. You know, but like,
1: nothing's perfect. No. Except except the Lord of the Rings trilogy. What a great,
0: what a great film trilogy. Yes. Followed up by the legendary, impeccable, non-impeachable, The Hobbit. Mm. So good. Mm. Love it. Give
1: me... You're talking the Tolkien cut of The Hobbit, right? Where they like literally delete Legolas from everything.
0: Sure. I I don't know. They're both good, I guess. The Jackson cut and the Tolkien cut. (laughs) Oof. Dude, give me Dwarves Feasting at a Hobbit's House. Like, that could be a show. That was pretty good. Dude, the whole first half of the Hobbit movie is just amazing. I love it. I don't even care. I'm unabashed. I watch it like... Holds up. Holds up.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, Let's see. I had a thought and then I lost it. I'll get it back. Lower
0: Decks, Season 2. Lower Decks,
1: Season 2. Lord of the Rings. Card was... was okay uh you're fired no um it's gone
0: all right well i'm sorry yep i basically have to stop from scratching my eyeballs out when i forget i
1: know what i needed to announce
0: on
1: On september 8th do you know what's happening september 8th right Oh, I think I might have an idea. Might have an idea? You got it blacked out in your calendar? I hope so. September 8th, uh, for anyone in, we'll say, like, the greater Salem and Portland area, uh, that happens to be the night of episode 200 of Talking Heads. As such, we wanted to, to celebrate a little bit. So, we will be broadcasting live from Saniam Brewing in Salem, Oregon if anyone wants to come and watch live and have a beer with us and reminisce about the last like four years, because no heckling. It, it's almost been four years. Uh, so yes. Broadcasting live, Am Brewing, Salem, Oregon on September 8th, Wednesday night.
0: It is a Wednesday. Now also, you know, if you're from Oregon you know this um, but it like let's say you're just from right across the northern border uh, Oregon today went back to mask mandate so make sure you bring your mask because we will be indoors they do have a beautiful outdoor seating section though if that's what you want to do they do yep. um, <laughs> but uh, yeah don't don't forget don't leave that behind because <laughs> that's the thing
1: again. Excited to be back to that. Yay. Because no one could put them on the first time.
0: Yeah. Remember like how great like the first six weeks of the summer were? (laughs) Like just wonderful.
1: It was like, oh my gosh. Uh one of my really good friends, uh, three days ago found out that she was one of the breakthrough cases. She's fully vaccinated and caught the Delta variant and caught COVID. Yay.
0: Not fun. Yeah. Um and it sounds like there's the potential we may be seeing more of that, everybody. So keep yourselves safe. Yep. Mask up. Yep. Get vaccinated if you can.
1: What kind of live cast doesn't allow heckling? You know what? You can heckle. Just keep it to a minimum because I will kick you out. It, it's like a comedy heckling. show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, comedy shows, Jeff, they tell you no heckling. <laughs> right. And if they're really good, the, the comic might go back and forth with you for a minute or two. But then they're gonna be like, "Yo, now it's time to f- shut the f up. It's my show." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like some of them don't have tact after like three volleys. Yeah, you know, they're just like, "Okay, buddy." Yep. <laughs> three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, exactly. I've some people are really good at it. After after watching Inside, I went and watched a bunch of videos of Bo Burnham like dealing with hecklers. Yeah. Dude, he is just like savage when it comes to handling oh, him. God, like, <laughs> he just murders some hecklers. Sometimes. He, he
1: he did this one. Uh, gosh, he 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 said a we'll say a fairly offensive word towards women in 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 the context of a joke and someone went, woo. And he goes, it wasn't a roll call. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's one of my He's ones. so fast. And then he had this drunk guy get up in one of the ones
0: I was watching and he, and he's like, no, 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 Come on stage. No, we're doing this. And he sits there and like roasts the guy <laughs> and the guy says something and he goes, no, well that's because I'm the professional and you're the drunk guy ruining my show. <laughs> <laughs> now go ahead and get off stage. Steve, that's the security. Guy. Steve, yeah you're fired buddy this is this is the living embodiment of you not doing your job
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's great yeah no one says it better than steve hofstetter Dude, he's
0: he's made his whole career off of off of roasting heck he really
1: has now he's legitimately a great comic in his own right uh but but he really got famous because of his of his heckle clips on youtube and uh there's this great spiel that he's given a couple of times of, uh, if you think you have some ideas for the for jokes, uh, tell me after the show. Or even better, don't, because I'm funnier than you. Uh, yeah, and, uh, exactly. And, and he goes, and for those who want to heckle, also, don't, because I'm paid to be witty for a living. You, yeah. you wouldn't walk up to Muhammad Ali and, eh.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. There are some YouTubers who like to fight professional boxers for some reason
1: i'd logan paul v uh v steve hofstetter yeah i just want to watch the boxing match (laughs) (laughs) we do have a super chat we do andrew five dollars thank you so much andrew have you watched carnival row i have not
0: it's i've watched it it's really good oh but you haven't seen lower decks no because I don't have access to Lord Dex but I have access to Carnival Row. Okay, okay. Carnival Fair enough, Row. I guess. It's a brilliant gritty Lovecraftian fantasy, very dark. Imagine industrial revolution meets dark fantasy. Yeah, it's basically kind of like a steampunk that takes place in like a fictional like steampunk London. Nice. And there are like there are humans and there are like fae creatures. And they're like relegated to this like refugee section of the city called Carnival Row. And it's it's kind of like a pseudo detective story mixed in with like, yeah, kind of this industrial steampunk thing. It's it's really good. It's really interesting. Freaking Orlando Bloom is in it, which I'm sure is why it came up. Um, And Orlando Bloom, like name a bad thing he's done. Exactly. The Hobbit. The Hobbit. He was fantastic in The Hobbit. Like, Legolas maybe shouldn't have been in it, but Orlando Bloom <laughs> okay, was great.
1: Okay. <laughs> you know, you say name name something that's not fantastic that he's done. And while he did the best that he could with the material given, if uh, polish a turd, it's still a turd. Did and I that's say what I'll name s- something
0: fantastic he's, uh, or did I say name something he wasn't fantastic in? Roll the tapes. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sure you said that said. he wasn't
1: Fantastic End, which, yes, he was still Legolas in that, kind of, but he was this weird adolescent, love-struck, love-triangle Legolas who's not the Legolas from Lord of the Rings.
0: No, because he still had to grow into... He had, like, several decades until the Lord of the Rings.
1: Right, Yeah. Weird, you know, living your first hundred and fifty, and then growing into a man at one hundred and ninety. Like,
0: <laughs> no, it's not that he grew into a man. Really, the the character development of Legolas can be tracked by his friendship and relationship with Gimli. Um, so you could almost argue that the Hobbit is sort of this trajectory I hate of
1: dwarves. This... They're coarse and irritating, and they get everywhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a bad. That's a bad amalgamation. That's a bad <laughs> mixture of fandoms. Just I stop. thought that
1: was pretty good. I thought that was pretty good.
0: Um, yeah, it was funny. I laughed. Thank you. Thank you. I've been seeing a meme going around lately on Twitter that always makes me laugh where, you know, they put the one ring down on the pedestal at the Council of Elrond, you know, and, and he's like, you know, Gimli's like, "I'm enough talk with this let's just destroy it and be done. And he stands up with his ax and he shatters his ax down on the thing, you know, and it breaks into a bunch of pieces and zooms in the rings fine, you know, and you know, it cannot be destroyed unless it's cast into the fires of Mount doom. And, and then literally like five minutes later, he's like, you have my (laughs) ax. It's like, bro, you just broke your ax on that thing. You have no ax to give. You
1: have my other (laughs) ax.
0: You have my second ax. It's not as good. I don't know. It's just, it was my it's older stupid.
1: brother's. He died. It's got a chip in it, but it's better than the broken one. Yeah, you can have yeah. that one.
0: Honestly. At least this one's, you know, I can still swing it. It's good, you know? <laughs> it's an axe. It's
1: a fine axe. <laughs> it's not great, but fine.
0: Axe me a question. huh? Eh? Huh? I'll be here all night.
1: It still only counts as one axe.
0: <laughs> Classic classic now the lord of the rings trilogy fantastic unimpeachable unimpeachable
1: gimli's oft (laughs) axe thank you harley
0: (laughs) yes the world's peas is backing me up legolas didn't grow into a man he grew into an elf thank you exactly exactly red is doing his sean
1: connery impression
0: strangely enough you know sean connery turned down a role in in lord of the rings
1: yep <laughs>
0: yep, which is how he got into league of extraordinary gentlemen. Yep. Cause he was like, all right, next thing I don't understand. I'm just going to take it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Last movie he ever did. League of extraordinary gentlemen. Cause it was unfortunately not that great. Y- you know what? My wife loves that movie. And I, I have a soft spot for that one. Honestly, like as, as some of the early comic book, like it wasn't Spider-Man, but it was like the next, like, yeah, we need to do something. Uh, so you had, you had that, you had Hellboy, you had, um, yeah. what were some of the other ones? I mean, there, there was, uh, gosh, there were some really bad DC ones. Um, Elektra and. Oh yeah. Uh, there was
0: like even Brad Pitt or, uh, not Brad Pitt. The other one he did, like a Daredevil. Yeah. Daredevil. Daredevil kind of- yeah.
1: Yeah. So there, there were some awful, awful super movie heroes in those days. And I have to say. Spider Man 1, Spider Man 2, fantastic movies. And then League was probably the next one there. I mean, as, like after as far X-Men. as like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You have the, the original X Men movies X1, X2, X3. Yeah. 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 But Exactly. It, no, um, it's in the conversation, right? To, to bring us back the around th- there.
0: Here's the thing I, I'm teasing the movie, but. I, between us, I'm the one that likes, you know, I'm the one that likes campy movies. You know what I mean? I'm the one that's judging League of Extraordinary Gentlemen based on the the criteria that it's set for itself. And served. Name something it's- that
1: Sean Connery has been in that he has not been fantastic. Oh, exactly. Exactly, though.
0: <laughs> like, I love Sean Connery. I'm going to go to bat for him. No, I love League. I I did a podcast for years and it's you guys can still look it up if you want it's called Cineman like cinema but with an n at the very end mm-hmm. and um and one of the movies that we we didn't like review movies our our gimmick was we would just put on campy B movies in the background and we would talk but we actually talked a lot about league uh, specifically because you know my, my co-host likes cars of course they have a very unique car that they actually made for that film and yeah. there and lots of things so and we love Sean Connery because we love James Bond um, and Highlander, which we also did Highlander in that uh, movie series as well, that podcast series as well. Um, but, yeah, no, I like League. And, uh, yeah, also, I'm the one here that likes campy movies. So back off, okay? I,
1: who okay? said I didn't like campy movies?
0: Back off. You don't like The Hobbit, bro.
1: The Hobbit's not campy. It's just oh, it's
0: campy if you just... Turn your.
1: There are campy parts to it, but it tells a terrible story.
0: Oh, get out of here! This guy's defending League, but knocking on The Hobbit. Okay, That's they're darn both right. Great films. You know where I stand. They're both great films. Get out of here! Just, just, just get. Go
1: on. You're kicking get. me off my show. <laughs>
0: Dude, you know what's a great Sean Connery movie?
1: Dragonheart. What a it, good movie. I actually kind of like Dragonheart.
0: Dragonheart is good. I'm not It's good. Being it's facetious. a good movie.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's a good movie. It's not a great movie, but it's a good movie. Dude, it holds up. I thought you were going to go Aragorn on me. Uh, what? Aragorn, the movie?
0: There was a movie? yes oh i've never seen that
1: you've never seen it oh yeah it was was (laughs) bad it was bad
0: i'll take your word for it
1: aragon excuse me aragon
0: he wasn't in that though
1: no he wasn't in that okay
0: yeah aragon yeah aragon Aragon. now you want to talk about yeah i love the books Although I've only read mm-hmm. the first three, apparently yeah. there's a fourth, but the first, the first Aragon book, like I loved that they came out when I was in, you know, like middle school or something it just like blew my mind, opened up the whole world of fantasy to me.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, the movie, what an utter disappointment, man. And you've got like freaking Jeremy irons in that movie. Yeah. There was another big actor too. I can't even remember. They wasted him. Um, as,
1: as Andrew says, Sean Connery and Catherine Zeta-Jones in Entrapment. Such a great movie. film. It's great great movie. film.
0: Um, dude, you know what other dragon movie holds up? Oh my God. Reign of uh-huh. Fire. That was That's on Netflix? Yes. Dude, all star cast. Freaking Tom Hardy's in that movie. Yeah. I think. Um, or may, wait, was Tom Hardy in it? No, Tom Hardy's in another one that I just watched the other day. But freaking Gerard Butler's in that I didn't recognize. Like, dude, it's just crazy. Freaking Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Christian Bale. Bale um, oh, Dr. Bashir, Alexander Six yes, is in that yes. movie. There you go. Why did I say Tom Hardy? What it was Tom Hardy in the other day that I watched? And I was like, Tom Hardy's in, oh, freaking Star Trek nemesis, dude. Tom Hardy's a
1: nemesis did he play a nemesis was he one of like the remus he's the main antagonist (laughs) right i know
0: he's picard's clone holy crap no you're right dude isn't that like (laughs) (laughs) mind-blowing i was watching that the other day and i was like what the hell is that tom hardy of all people and then it made you it makes you rethink like who should play a young Picard, like, if they do a, you know, a Kelvin universe, like, Mm spin-off of Picard, like,
1: do you get... We uh, know who should play Picard. Who? The same one who played Xavier.
0: Right. Okay, so he's great, and I can't remember his name to save my life, but yeah, he's fantastic, especially, like, in the movie Split, like, just kills it, right? But... It makes you wonder, right? We're talking like Kelvin, we're like, you know, we got freaking, we got Chris Pine, Plan yeah. Kirk, and all that like I don't, Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe.
1: Sorry, I'm looking up his name right now. James McAvoy. There we McAvoy. go. McAvoy. There we Gosh.
0: go. Yeah, McAvoy kills it. And McAvoy is just a fantastic actor all around. Like, yeah, you, you want to see him act his ass off, dude? Go and watch Split. Like,
1: yeah. He kills it in Split. But Tom Hardy can hold his own too, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know how I never saw that that was Tom Hardy. I didn't see it either. I, I was literally watching it the other day for some reason. I, <laughs> I've, I've seen that movie like six times probably. Nemesis? <laughs> yeah.
0: Right? Hadn't a clue.
1: It holds Not up, a right?
0: It's one of the better TNG films.
1: Yes. I, I would say second to first contact. Right? Yeah, me yeah. too. I was going to say the same thing. See, Isn't it weird you, to you, think you, you do have good taste in movies.
0: I do. I do. I just also acknowledge that
1: The some, Hobbit is fine. Some questionable ones, but some good. The Hobbit is fine. <laughs> you also well, def- I, defend the prequels. This has been
0: episode one. <laughs> Well, you want to talk about the prequels, son? That's a different story. Wow, you, you're, trying to, you're trying to call me out right now about the prequels. I don't yeah. think we have time to get into that. I watched The Phantom Menace the other day, too.
1: And it holds up. It's good. Oof. Oof. The Padre scene is about the only thing that I can watch out of it anymore. The Padre
0: scene is great.
1: The Padre scene is great. Uh, so is the final battle. So is the the duel of the fates. The duel of the fates, and can we just say as as great as the acting was, or the, as great as the choreography was for the duel of the fates? That that all belongs to John Williams. Like that score for episode Slayed one. Slayed it! Holy crap!
0: Slayed it! Yes, even even Jar Jar is tolerable. Like I don't know, man. I I have a way of. Like suspending disbelief is the wrong word, but I definitely like to get invested in movies. But like I, when I was watching *Phantom Menace*, for s- something was like, oh, like there's so much stilted dialogue that some of the characters give. Like Qui Gon Jinn gives a lot of stilted dialogue, you know, yeah. and and he's a great actor. Nobody can deny that, right? But some of the lines, oh well, midi chlorians, you know, like he has to deliver garbage about midichlorians which nobody likes yeah but anyway i'm watching this and i was just like oh man dude this guy's just like a vessel like for the force flowing through like this dude just lives on prophecy you know what i mean like he's just like letting the chips fall
1: where he may he's like oh if the force wills it you know screw it whatever (laughs) but i'm also going to like wave my hand and force the chance cube because i can't control this guy's mind to get the thing that i need for free (laughs) yeah he does that too but he's just like a dude. Yeah,
0: he did do that. I guess you're right. But yeah, but he's such a just like a freewheeling like, you Let know, the chips
1: fall where they may and they're going to fall here
0: right <laughs> into my hand.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I loved it. Um, it really held up. Now, it was much more difficult for me to get into Attack of the Clones. Yeah, but I, I can forgive a lot of it.
1: I, I will say Revenge of the Sith. Not a bad move. I, I no. like episode three. Revenge I really, legitimately like episode from start three. Start to finish, yes. Slaps. No, um,
0: Attack of the Clones is the worst one. I would arguably say yeah. right before. See, it's really hard because now that like a return or whatever, uh, Rise of Skywalker is out. It really throws up my my whole uh,
1: perception of which one is the worst metric. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Because I used to say like I used to say that Attack was actually like the second worst behind New Hope. And everybody's like, oh what? New Hope's the best. And like, yeah, it's a great film. It's a great movie. But like honestly, story-wise, it's like pretty bad, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's (laughs) it's it's a plot we've seen a million different times just told in space opera format
0: yeah i would always say like people are always like they're like dude it started all i'm like that's great it started it all but like honestly like if vader is such a great villain in that movie and i'm not saying he's not i'm just saying like in that movie if you take it as like an individual like standalone like what's vader's motivation you know the the
1: fact that the best vader scene we have in any movie that he's in mm -hmm. happens to be in rogue one like and and the best Luke Skywalker scene, hashtag spoilers, happens to be in season two of The Mandalorian. That should tell you all you need to know about the expectations for the movies. I is... think
0: that the best Luke scene is in
1: Last Jedi. Oh, g- Ghost Ghost Luke?
0: I love it.
1: Yeah, I will say that was a good scene. It was, it was, I love it. People
0: get so heated about that scene, but I, I, the whole, the whole premise and then, and then like levitating in the setting sun.
1: Yeah. I, I will say the, the scene with Luke, I loved. The problem is I've, I've got this shoehorned love story between Finn and Rose and her sacrificing himself. It's like, let him kill himself. And that's how they win. Like, like, that's a good story. And and that that's a complete arc for Finn. And now all of a sudden, it's just like, what do you do with Finn and Rose in, in movie three now? Yeah, I don't think. Oh, they let's didn't just ignore. Know. Let's just ignore Rose from this point out because half the fans hated her and and doxed her and she quit Twitter and all that. Yeah, like like and I, that's I, and that's I, awful. I don't but think that
0: they didn't know what to do with Finn and Rose because of that scene. A lot of people say that, and I think that's just they didn't a really... know what to do
1: the entire time. Is what I, I say. It wasn't I, I th- because of that scene. That scene was the culmination of them not knowing what the hell they were doing.
0: I think seeing what they were doing in last Jedi was, was great. I, I like their stuff. Everybody knocks on the, uh, the. um.
1: Don't talk. Casino about the stuff. Knife. Don't talk about the knife.
0: No, the knife and rise is so stupid. No rise is actually legitimately like one of the worst movies I've seen from start to finish. Yes. And everybody talks like, well, what were they supposed to do after last Jedi? I'm like, I don't know, man. But, they but that they could have not spent like legitimately 25% of screen time undoing everything that they had laid out in Last Jedi piece by piece, like literally line by line, dude. Yeah. Like it's it it was actually really irritating. And I wish I could I could recall some of the lines, but I've only seen the movie in theaters. Like, what about
1: Finn? Oh, he's fine now.
0: <laughs> dude, dude. And, like what really blows my mind is like the lightsaber, like Anakin's lightsaber that Ray gets in Force Awakens and gives her this epic Force vision uh-huh. where all of the Jedi, like that thing blows up in Last Jedi. It like literally blows up yeah, because her and, and, and Kylo Ren are like-
1: Her and angsty teen are, are tugging on it.
0: Then it just ends up in Rise. No explanation. What? It ends up in Rise of Skywalker with not a freaking word, dude. Like, and you're gonna sit here and be like, "Well, they shouldn't have blown it. They shouldn't have blown it up in then in Last Jedi." Okay. Like, well,
1: Ray didn't know how to build the the lightsaber, and so she she harvested the kyber crystal from it. Like she put it in her pocket, in between being thrown three quarters of the way across the starship as it was being warped through. By <laughs> the kyber by... crystal
0: exploded though. That was I know, what caused the I
1: explosion. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read the expanded universe? There's an explanation yes. for everything.
0: i I I've read almost every expanded universe book yeah. right up until they were like, by the way, now none of them are canon. Yeah. Which I
1: at first hated and then I was like, oh, dude, no, they're going to do cool stuff. They're going to they're going to, you know, consolidate everything. And yeah. then they just took the worst things and made those canon.
0: Some of them were cool good things, but yeah, some of them uh were really bad. Like, you know what could have yeah. stayed legends was bringing back emperor palpatine that could have just stayed legends
1: that could have just stayed there we we didn't need to hear we're after 10 o'clock we didn't need to hear about palpatine banging some some farmer girl and having a an illegitimate child in between his rise to the top of the senate like that's a plot point really
0: (laughs) i guess yeah i don't know man i it was all it was all good and then my favorite line of all time Freaking Billy D. Williams comes back as like one of my favorite side characters. By the way, you know, freaking uh, Donald Glover slays it in solo, slays it, dude.
1: You know what? What I'm so excited for is Donald Glover's coming to the TV. uh, Yes, dude. Yeah.
0: Yeah. dude one of my favorite scenes in any star wars is him at the table at the card table and he's got the robot coming in point. he's like everything you've heard about me is true it's like it's true great lando line dude, <laughs> great lando line and then billy d williams comes back and be like yeah oh yeah rise is gonna be dope and then this is the peak of like the okay boomer movement and they're like but how are we gonna do this this is impossible and it goes kid in my day you just did it <laughs> i'm like okay boomer like somebody like legitimately said that in the theater when i was there they're just like okay yeah. boomer i was like how?
1: that how yeah. oh
0: god just like yeah. thanks old man <laughs> tell us about yeah. what it was like in your day some more
1: you, you you can't go from from card shark cloak looking fine feeling fine dressing fine uh and like, you know, th- this is, this is my baby. This is my Falcon and, and whatnot to in my day, we just did it. It's like, no, no. It's like awful. also how disingenuous to like the
0: hard work that went into the rebellion. You know what I mean? Like in my day, we just did it. Like shut your mouth. Yeah. General Calrissian. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, yeah it just bothers me and then yeah they're just like they're just like you know what man rose she she doesn't need to talk anymore she can have 30 seconds of dialogue in this film why not because like you know what she got harassed by fans she clearly wasn't cutting it let's just let's just cut her you know stupid stupid movie Jeez, no yep. attack of the clones is better than that movie
1: yeah and that's that's a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> anyway. Honestly. Whew. Anyway, it is almost fifteen past the hour. I think that's a great place to end episode 196. Thank you so much for watching us here on this Wednesday night. Catch us in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Spotify, Apple, Google, we are everywhere. If you liked this episode, make sure to hit that like button. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Follow me on Twitter at Craft Computing to keep up with daily shenanigans. And if you want to keep up with Rhett for whatever reason, you can follow him at Game Devs Quest or at RhettIsAwesome. is Awesome. If you want to take part in the super secret chat or the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon or Floatplane. Links are both down in the video description. You'll be able to talk with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and take part in all the banter, behind the scenes stuff, uh, multiple rooms. What am I having to drink that day? It's all there. It's good. It's fun. It's better than I'm making it sound right now. I can tell you that much. It's great. The most active Discord I have ever been a part of, bar none. And uh yeah. I think that's about it. All right. Any uh closing thoughts there, Rhett? Um
0: no, thank you guys for sticking around. All the 89 of you left. Make sure you guys give this video a like on your way out of- oh Jesus. Yeah, you gotta block some people here.
1: Yeah. Oops. Wow, the trolls are here. All right, time to time to end this one.
0: Yeah, for real. Guys, thanks for sticking around and screw the trolls. Um, yep. we'll catch you all in the super secret after show or whatever.
1: Cool, cool. Hate to end it on that note, but uh yeah. screw the trolls. All right. Good night, everyone.
0: Bye.